the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Rescuers Radio Show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org, where you can hear all the shows to this point. And incidentally... This is show 120th in the chain of Rescuers radio shows, which we started back in the age of pandemic in 2020. But uh, you can also, if, you, if you'd like to donate to the show, uh, it's a listener-supported uh, ministry. Uh, you can go to uh, the, the website as well for that. So I'm very excited for my guest uh, today, and uh, my guest is Shanda Breed the Director of Adult Probation Services in Arizona, working for the Administrative Office of the Court under the Arizona Supreme Court. So, Shanda, nice to have you here. Yes, thank you so much, Art. You um, have just welcomed me, and this is so exciting. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited, too. So, um, Shanda, before we get started into your professional life, I'd like to uh, allow our students to get to, to our audience to get to know you a little better. Okay. So uh, let's let's drill down uh, into your life story. How did you get to this point in your life? Sure. Um, wow. Everything so, goes. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> take it way back. Um, about 2001, I started in this profession. It was my first job straight out of college. Um, I did have an internship in college, but um, I knew I wanted to be a probation officer. Um, that internship uh, really guided me. It was at the Bear County um, Probation Department in Texas, and uh, a chance for me to, you know, one, understand. I knew I wanted to help people. You know, I was passionate. I wanted to help the world. But it, I knew I wanted to drill down on criminal justice I knew I wanted to do something with policing. I knew I wanted to do something with changing lives. And so probation really fits well into all of that. And there's a really good balance that we can talk about a little bit later. But I started in Navajo County here in Arizona, if you know where that is. That's where your Sholo, yeah. Pine Top, Heber, yeah. Winslow, Holbrook is. Love it up there. Yeah. So my <laughs> family's from there. Um, we did move here to Phoenix when I was about four. So I grew up here in the valley. Um But after college, I ended up going back to my stomping grounds to Navajo County, and I started off as a juvenile probation officer there. Wow. 
So interestingly, interestingly, sorry, um, my grandmother was the canteen of the Navajo County Jail. So back then, when I was smaller, we were able to visit her actually in the jail kitchen while she was whipping up some meals, you know, before just canned food was all there was for uh, the inmates. So long history of uh, several family members being probation officers and working for Navajo County and in the jails. Um, But I quickly uh, loved, you know, my job, what it entailed. I grew. I went from a juvenile probation officer to adult probation officer, jumped around a little bit, working with different caseloads. So anyone with um, mental health needs, anyone that was a domestic violent offender, um, sex offenders, um, all the cases you can think of, I supervised. Uh, But more importantly, when you're in such a rural area, um, you become part of your community, right? Yeah. And so I think that was key for me to understand that um, there was no segregation of a line between my badge, if you will, my probation officer badge, and the person in front of me. Because that person was often my neighbor, a family member, um, someone that we knew at the church, you know, my kids, yeah. playmates, parent. And so it really created... And instilled in me uh, the need and the uh, push to make sure all of my coworkers around me and the courts and what we represented were correlated to helping and changing those in our community. Good. I'm, I'm amazed at a young age you would think of something like probation. Um, somebody said that to you or you just heard it somewhere and yes. So luckily now in our college university classes, mm-hmm. right? Um, the best thing is to have someone from, you know, a variety of different, uh, professions come and talk to the students. Yeah. So yes, there was a probation officer that came and talked to us in our sociology program. Um, and I was part of our criminal justice, uh, coalition, if you will, too, with the university. And so we were connected to folks who worked in the court system and the jails, and they came and told us about what they did. Um, And then, like I said, the internship landed in my lap, and that really sealed the deal for me. Um, A lot of folks don't know about probation, though. It's a constant educational speech, you know, that I'm, I'm doing daily, even now. Um, because we've also come so far from where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can get into that a little bit more, too. But uh, probation has changed dramatically in the last 20 years. You know, if someone um, was placed in prison or was on probation 20 years ago, and if they're on probation now, it's going to be a completely different experience. Wow. Okay, we'll talk about the differences and and. and um and see if we can figure that out for our audience. Um, so so I, I'm interested about your title, just your title in, in general, Director of, of Adult Probation Services for the state. Um, and you're kind of covering the kinds of topics and, and things that you oversee, right? Uh, can you go into that a little? Let's just go down that road right now. Sure. Yeah. Right. So 
Um, let me go back just a little bit. So, for instance, in Navajo County, when I was a probation officer there, I moved my way up and I became, you know, supervisor and then a deputy chief probation officer and then the chief probation officer of that county. Okay. So there's 15 counties in Arizona. Yep. Each county has a chief probation officer, whether that's adult or juvenile. Some counties are combined with mm-hmm. both juvenile and adult under them. And my job right now is to work with those chiefs, partner with them, um, also be a resource. But primarily, we uh, hold the key, if you will, to the code that they have to abide by for training, for practice, um, how they supervise their probationers. Yeah. And how do they come in? Do they come in through education, like in uh, criminal justice, or or do they come from a department that they've worked on for or in law enforcement? So um, surprisingly, there are even programs throughout the nation that focus on community supervision work. Um, Aside from your, it used to just be sociology, social work, maybe psychology, were the university programs that would feed into a job like this. But now there are very specific programs on law enforcement, on uh, policing, you know, in your community, uh, on on policy and uh, procedures with criminal justice, right, on reforming the criminal justice system. Um, so you have a lot of those programs feeding into this okay. type of work. And and uh, and they've already made a decision, a conscious decision. This is what they wanted to do as a career track. Sometimes, yeah. um, you know, and that's where we too we offer. Uh, many of the counties offer internships, volunteer work. We also have a new program, and it was the first one in the nation, an AmeriCorps program. If you've heard of that, mm-hmm. so you you have your Peace Corps, right? Which, yeah. is, which is Nash. Uh, Worldwide service. Worldwide, yeah. And then you have AmeriCorps, which is national service. And so we received some funds to develop an AmeriCorps program. And so we have members throughout the state that are working directly with probation officers to be their assistants, if you will, and to receive on the job training and to also um, help impact these probationers uh, through, you know, providing them different resources and that sort of thing. So, and it's a great way to recruit others that are just wondering, you know, what probation is all about. Um, but but I think that's, you know, part of um, how we've been recruiting lately. Again, this AmeriCorps program and then just visiting different colleges and universities and speaking um, and then we'll also get into it a little bit later. But this reentry simulation has been definitely uh, a soapbox mm. to have the conversation about what probation is today. You know, I can only imagine the difficulties of going through this, just the learning curve for, for those that you're training, because uh, probation just isn't a cookie cutter. No. One, one, one size fits all, right? Because you have... X number um, of of, um, prisoners coming out at a a certain time, and they all have certain needs, and right? That's right. So you have to be kind of prepared for for all of the the above. 
You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. It, this is such a hard job. Yeah. Not that I want to delineate from any other job that's in the criminal justice system or our law enforcement, who I'm so glad we have them. They help protect our communities. But this is a delicate balance of a person that's needed for the position, mm. right? Yeah. So I'll take you back 20 years ago, for instance. We used to say things very punitively like, okay, if you have a dirty UA, you're going to prison. So in an, in essence, that means that if someone has a substance abuse issue, right, a right. disorder, yeah. a medical condition, um, or has trouble saying no to drugs, that they could be going right to prison. So we're, we've gone from that world to now where we're saying things like, and and we even have new uh, sets of terms and conditions to help promote this, but we understand that your recovery is a journey. Mm-hmm. And we understand that as long as you're working with your treatment provider, you're participating in treatment, you're trying your best, you're being honest with us, we're going to help you through this. So a totally different dynamic of a relationship with the probation officer and the person who's on probation. Um, but, you know, the, the schooling and the education behind the probation officer, all of our officers um, have bachelor's degrees. They go through a two-week probation officer academy, and then they go through more intensive training, um, like motivational interviewing, stages of change. These are things that counselors go through, right, to understand and develop a rapport with the person that they're working with. Um, We have something called EPICS, which is, this is very new, and it's called Effective Practice in Community Supervision. So it's the daily communication and contact you're going to have with that person in front of you to, one, meet them where they're at. Some people don't want to change, right? Right. Or they don't know how. But to really meet them where they're at, help, you know, tick the scale a little bit to get them to where they need to be, Hmm. to start to be open to some change. And then also teach them some, some skills on what that looks like to change. So we're we're in a very different position yeah. than what we were years ago with just handcuffs. I want to continue down this road because uh, this is really intriguing to myself and and our our worldwide audience that's listening right now. But if you're late getting into the Rescuers Radio Show, uh, this episode, my guest is uh, Shanda Breed, Director of Adult Probation Services in Arizona working uh, for Administration Office of the Court under the Arizona Supreme Court. And um, so, gosh, I just, uh, I have have more questions, but you're going down that road of the needs of, it's very individual, isn't it? So if you you have 10,000 inmates coming out in the state of Arizona about the same time, does that ever happen in a big number like that? Or is it smaller numbers? Because a caseworker can only handle so many, right? A caseworker can only handle so many. And by our statute currently... I should be calling them probation Sure, or justice officers. involved. Yeah. Right, probation yeah, yeah. officers, yeah. Uh, you know, working with those folks who are in the criminal justice system or probationers. Uh, yes, we... Um, and I just lost my train of thought there, but... Um, 
We're talking about individual uh, one-on-ones and an alert. Oh, the number of folks the coming out of, of prison. number of people coming out, yes. Right. I had something so great to tell you that I, I just, it just <laughs> slipped from my mind. But it's usually... Happens to me all the time. Yeah. It's usually very incremental, incrementally that they um, are released from prison. And so let me also share with you um, some of the numbers around the state. But when it comes to our current Arizona statute... Uh, we have a capacity of one probation officer to 65 probationers on our caseloads, unless they're a higher level of need and risk that we need to uh, place our support and resources around. They're more on an intensive level of probation, and that could be 25 to 1 or 25 to to two or one to 15 of a caseload. We have surveillance officers of, as yeah. well that may help. But in the state, so on adult probation, and these numbers usually surprise folks, but for adult probation at the superior court level, so mainly felony offenses, okay, they're at this level, not lower jurisdiction, Mm -hmm. but they're at this level where they really need some help and support of the probation staff, 85,000 on any given day. Wow. Right. In this state. Now, that doesn't include juvenile probation at this level. That was my next question. This doesn't include tribal probation. This doesn't include federal probation. This doesn't include parole. So let me talk about prisoners being released real quick. Yeah. That's parole. So our numbers are those folks who maybe had usually, you know, when you think of probation, it's pre prison, right? They usually get some chances and they're on probation. Uh, When they're in prison, they come out and maybe they're on a short stint of parole and then they're done. Well, we do have about 300 folks coming out of prison every month to our probation system. Well, how is that, you ask? Well, it's usually because they have two two counts of uh, two charges. One may be, okay, five years in prison, And the next one may be the judge says, well, for instance, I really want you on lifetime probation or when you're released, I want you on 10 years of probation or, you know, so many years of probation. So you have a probation tale and then they come out to us. Um, But about 300 of those coming out to us. um, So, yeah, you know, you think about those 85,000, sprinkle them out throughout the state. um, But even then, we have about 45,000 of those that are on active supervision. So that means that we're directly supervising them every day. The other half of those, they're on some type of other status, like warrant status or their influx of um, in and out of treatment and that sort of thing. We're still working the case, but it's not an active supervision. Wow. So um, I want to make a note about you. In 2018, you received the top honor for delivering the popular reentry simulation training. We're talking about some of that. Uh, congratulations, but uh, please tell us about the training. That sounds like incredible positive work. Now, the goal in this reentry simulation, the goal of anyone who's in the um, going to be serving these coming out of the prison system 
it seems like the goal should be preventing recidivism, right? Absolutely. That's that's the ultra the absolute holy grail, right? Goal. Yes. Yeah. Is to, you know, once these folks, right, these 85,000, they're on probation. We want to make sure that that's a moment of intervention. Yeah. We want to make sure that they're not it's not just a moment of, okay, we're doing this again and again and we're going back to prison and we're getting reviolated and nothing's changing. But we want to make this a moment where, you know, these folks have an opportunity to succeed and change their lives, right? So, and, and that's what the last 20 years have been too, is us really working toward how do we reduce recidivism? So we've been looking at our numbers. We've been refining things. You know, we've started... Um, back in 2001 to really say, okay, this is a problem. We've been adding in things like assessments, right, to identify the true need and the true risk of folks. We've been focusing our efforts on those who are higher risk and higher needs because the lower folks, you know, if they're on lower risk, they usually can self-correct, right? Um, Like, I don't want to go back there anymore. Right. Like, I have my family. I got a job now. I'm good. Great. Right. Let's get you out of the system and move on with your life. Yeah. Um, So with this reentry simulation and, you know, us recognizing the cycle of recidivism, we started to ask the question to the probationers. Well, what is so challenging and hard? Why do you keep on? going back in you know we have we had our own assumptions at the time but we started to hear from them and they said well you make this really hard Mm -hmm. uh you know first of all you know uh, if i'm on intensive probation aside from having a job you want me to maybe complete 40 hours of community service every month oh wait and then i need to complete counseling oh wait and then i need to complete my aa and na classes Mm -hmm. Oh, wait. And then I have to abide by maybe my uh, dependency case plan or my treatment case plan. I don't have time to do any of this. And, oh, no, I just lost my job because I tried to go, uh, you know, I had to go drop a UA. And now I lost my job. So we really. What's a UA? I'm sorry, a drug test. Okay. Right. Got it. Part of our accountability. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to take a hard look at ourselves. And our own system and what we had in our terms and conditions of probation that everyone had to, that was the cookie cutter, right? Yeah. That everyone had to abide by no matter what. Yeah. And it's like, why are, why are we doing this? You know, folks have up to 21 standard terms and conditions of probation. If they're on sex offender probation, they have another 20 to add on to that. If they're on intensive probation, they have another, you know, handful added on to that. So they just couldn't. They just couldn't win. We're on, we're coming close to the end, and this is so intriguing. Um, for you, it must be encouraging, and and you're seeing success. I, I would think, or else you you wouldn't be where you are right now uh, at some level of success, right? Hopefully, it's a high high level. We are. But yeah. when I think about all of the jurisdictions in Arizona, all of the different law enforcement entities, whether it be county state or uh city uh, it's it's can be really confounding when you've have people come being released on all of those different platforms 
right? Exactly. And we just weren't talking, right? So someone would be on state probation yeah. and federal probation and tribal probation. So hence, this is why we, we brought the uh, reentry simulation to light. Um, right? <laughs> is that what I did? That's what you did, Art. <laughs> right? I, I got to explain that. Yeah. I, I, uh, a few weeks ago, I was part of a reentry. It was a, a, a sim, reentry simulation, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to take on a person's name who just got out of prison. I think my my um, I was in for four years for internet fraud. I think it was. So I had to go station to station to learn how to reentry. That's right. That's right. We make it to where um, you know, and we love to have those who are working within the system. Yeah. Um, come to this training because, you know, you may think that you're the best probation officer, mm-hmm. or the best caseworker, or the best therapist or the best judge of the world. Right. But you really step into the shoes of someone who's just been released. Um, and so, yes, you get a name tag. You go through this series of. And I really like the fact you did this because these were for common people off the streets. They're, right. they're not prisoners. They're not coming out. But they they have to. We have to know. That's right. What you're doing. Well, and you serve. It, you know, you have faith-based organizations, you have yeah. community-based organizations that help in this endeavor, too, to, yeah. re- to reduce recidivism, right? Yeah. So it, it's, it's a great simulation. I, give me a call. We can come do it in your neck of the woods. I was just going to ask, how does someone contact you? That's right. They call you, Art, and then you, t- and then you contact me. <laughs> no, if you go to the just AZ- kidding, folks. <laughs> if you go to the AZ Courts uh, public website, you will see my information on there, and we can definitely set up one. It's just so impactful, and it really brings you into uh, connection with what these folks are going to going through, and how we need to reform some of our internal systems. Shanda, I, I don't know if you see yourself this way, but you are a rescuer. Thank you. God bless you. And thank you so much for being on the Rescuers Radio Show. Thank you, Art. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.